Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike as we navigate topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. If you'd like to hear more, head to nwaybway.com. What's going on, Inway B-Way? I feel like I have a very hard act to follow this week after last week's talk back. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet, please do not skip it. Chad and Emma's conversation on Spring Awakening is for real some of the best content that we have released so far. Um, so like I said, you, you are really missing out if you don't check it out. So give it a listen. All right. Let's jump into today's prayer and meditation. So this week, I want to talk about our thoughts. Did you know that every single day, we have anywhere between 50,000 and 70,000 different thoughts? These small, tiny little thoughts transmitted through chemical reactions and neurons traveling through our brain at 150 miles an hour eventually lead us to physical, emotional, and mental decisions through which we interact with the world. These decisions initiated through um, thoughts can be as small as choosing what to wear or when you're going to go eat a meal or can be as big as choosing to run a Dang marathon. Either way, every single decision we make and action we take stems from an initial thought. Here's another stat that may shock you a little. Of those 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts that you have each day, it's estimated that 60 to 70% of them are negative. Take a second to reflect on your thought pattern just today. How's that thought life trending? I like to think of myself as a very like positive person, a go-getter, glass half full kind of guy, but if I'm really honest with myself, I really think that a significant percentage of my thoughts trend negative. When I was editing and listening to the Spring Awakening talk back for last week, I couldn't help but keep thinking about the thought life of these characters. They are all dealing with some massive thoughts and are all faced with incredibly difficult things like suicide, abortion, same-sex attraction, abuse, and the list goes on and on. But like I've just said, each one of these points of tension in the show had to begin as a tiny little thought. As the show progresses, we see these initial thoughts grow into some very tragic decisions. And I don't have time to get into the psychology of decision-making or talk about each specific little um, area of our thought life today, but I do want to try and shine some light on how we can ask God for help when it comes to our thought life. At the base level, we have to understand the difference between thoughts and actions. Often these negative thoughts we have, and sometimes even good thoughts that we will have, turn into temptation. It's essential for us as believers to know the difference between temptation and sin. All that temptation is, is our sinful flesh having a thought. Sin is dwelling on that thought and choosing to act on the temptation. When we have sinful thoughts as followers of Jesus, we should be able to discern through the conviction of the Holy Spirit if it's a thought that's coming from a sinful place. Once we red flag it, we can bring that thought to God and let him change it and replace it with the truth and identity that he has established. 
the kids ministry at my church has this incredible little phrase that they use when they're teaching kids about how to navigate their thought life. It's called catch it, check it, change it. Let's take a look at the life of Jesus and see how he navigated through the li- through his life. And then we'll look into how we can apply this catch it, check it, change it, catchy method to navigate our personal thought lives. In Matthew chapter four, we find Jesus fasting in the desert for 40 days. He's just been baptized and he is preparing for his public ministry to begin by retreating and fasting and spending time with God the Father. While he's in the desert, Satan comes to him and attempts to get Jesus to give in to temptation. He says to Jesus, if you really are the son of God, turn these stones to bread to satisfy the hunger that you're feeling. And Jesus responds using scripture about the importance of relying on God and his word for strength. Satan counters and tries to tempt him again with worldly power and glory. But once again, he uses scripture to point out that all glory and honor and everything on earth belongs exclusively to God, the one who created it all. So, how did Jesus catch his thoughts, or to use words from scripture, take his thoughts captive in this scenario? I'd say he does this first by, number one, being confident in the identity that the Father has given him, And number two, he held fast to the word of God that he had committed to memory and was living out. You may be thinking, well, of course he could bring scripture to mind. He's the son of God. He, like one of the names that we even call him in scripture called Jesus is the word. And yes, I 100% agree that that is true in this situation, but we have to always realize that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man while he's on earth. So Jesus would have studied the Torah and the writings of the Old Testament prophets his entire childhood. So what I'm saying, what I believe, is that Jesus is actually calling to mind scripture that he has learned through the practice of the spiritual discipline of meditating and memorizing God's word. Knowing the words of God and the truth that he declares about us is pivotal to us being able to catch our thoughts. This leads us to checking our thoughts. So we have catch it and now checking our thoughts. The first thing that we can do is bring these thoughts to God and submit them to him in prayer. We can also ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us and give us wisdom and strength to help process through our thoughts and temptations. But again, knowing God's word and turning to it for God's opinion is where fighting temptation has to begin. The wisdom that God has given to us in his word can work like railroad tracks for our life. Sometimes trains can get derailed or off track, but as long as they are locked onto the track, they keep moving forward and don't veer off the path that has been laid for them. Psalm 16 verses 6 through 8 say, The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Truly, I have a beautiful inheritance. The laws and counsel of God has been established for us to be able to delight in the fullness of His glory and the safety of His presence. Lastly, in Matthew 4, we see Jesus change these thoughts and resist temptation by declaring the truth of God over the enemy. When we call the enemy by its name and speak the truth of God, we have a much better opportunity of gaining victory over it. Here's a metaphor about how if we are alive in Christ, we are dead to our sin and to temptation. So picture this, it's the day of your funeral and you're as dead as dead can be. All of a sudden, a group of people run up to your casket with weapons drawn and say, if you don't steal lust and lie right now, we're going to kill you. 
What are you going to do in this situation? Nothing, right? You're dead, so you can't do anything. Romans 6 talks about this, and it says in verse 11 that if we are dead to sin, we are now alive in Christ. We have accepted the free gift of salvation. We are no longer slaves to sin and to our flesh. We can overcome temptation through the power of the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of us. This is great news, and I I hope that you feel encouraged by what I've been sharing today, but I also know that this is much easier said than done. Our thought patterns get moving, and in moments we can often find ourselves on the other side of a sin before we even realize what we've done. And I'm here to tell you, it's okay. Our human nature is bent towards sin, but God has extended mercy and grace to us, and if we're in Christ, our sins have been forgiven. When you do make a mistake, don't let the enemy allow you to feel shame. Ask God for forgiveness and put practices into place so that next time the enemy tries to get you caught up in temptation and sin, you can catch those initial thoughts, you can check them, and you can let Jesus change them. Before we pray today, I just want to suggest one more practical tool for fighting temptation. One of the greatest things that God has used in my life to combat temptation and sin is confession. When we invite other believers into our sin and our struggles, we immediately expose light into the areas of our life where we're struggling. My challenge for you this week is to find another believer that you trust and confess something to them. Maybe you've been struggling with jealousy and need to tell someone and ask for help. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction to porn and you need someone to help you fight that temptation. Maybe there's a sin in your life that you've never shared with anyone that you think is unforgivable. From personal experience, I can promise you that forgiveness has already been extended to you through the death of Jesus and the free gift of salvation. And the freedom that you will feel after sharing that sin struggle with a trusted brother or sister in Christ will help you process through that shame that the enemy is trying to heap upon you and that they have tried to make you believe for years and years and years. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you for paying the price that we never could on our own. Thank you for giving us minds to think. And and thank you for giving us laws that can help us find our way to you and your will, even when we feel lost. God, I pray right now against whatever temptation that the listener on the other end of this podcast right now is walking through. I don't know what it is, but you do, God. And I pray that you will heap strength upon them and that they will be able to take a step into freedom that only you can provide them with, that only you can provide us with. God, renew our minds. You say that you know our thoughts, so help us choose to know your will and help us choose to follow it. God, when we are faced with temptation, help us stand firm against it. Remind us in those moments that the enemy has absolutely no power over us. Remind us that we are dead to sin and that we are now alive in Christ. In closing today, God, I pray that you will give us the desire, humility, and 
confidence to confess our sin to someone. Thank you again for your freedom, your grace, and your mercy. There is truly nothing that compares to it or to you. We love you, God, and it's in all these things that we pray today. Amen.